Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe for a daily email sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society that contains both the text reading for the day and the lesson. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 6, Reason and Perception. We're also mindful of our lesson today, which is <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't have it written down, which is lesson two hundred and forty two two hundred and forty one I'm sorry, two hundred and forty one this holy instant is salvation come, this holy instant is salvation come. And by way of opening this morning, I thought this poem from Mary Oliver in her in her work, The Messenger, was just perfect. My work is loving the world. Here are the sunflowers, there are the hummingbird, equals equal seekers of sweetness. Here are the quickening yeast, there are the blue plums, here are the clam deep in speckled sand. Are my boots old? Is my coat worn? Am I no longer young and still not half perfect? Let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The phoebe, the delphinium, the sheep in the pasture, and the pasture, which is mostly rejoicing since all ingredients are here which is gratitude to be given a mind and a heart and these body clothes a mouth which with which to give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren to the sleepy dug up clam telling them all over and over how it is that we live forever this holy instant is salvation come amen Oh, thank you, Lori. That was great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I liked my my work is loving the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. What a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, my friends. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne. Fran, Yvonne, Patricia, Jessica, and Karen. And we're joined in listening this morning by Robin Bree. And who's joined us would like to be on the reading list or say hi. Hi, this is Ida. I'm listening. Good morning, Ida. Good morning. Hi, it's Harrison. I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. And uh, it's Roz and uh, Micah, and I can read. 
Good Alrighty. morning. Good morning. Good morning, Rosamica. Okay. So we are in chapter twenty-one, the inner picture, with section six, reason and perception. Paragraph forty-nine. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. The laws of size and shape and brightness would hold, perhaps, if other things were equal. They are not equal. For what you look for, you are far more likely to discover than what you would prefer to overlook. The still, small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. Perception is a choice and not a fact, but on this choice depends far more than you may realize as yet. For on the voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your belief in what you are. Perception is a witness but to this and never to reality. Yet it can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible or those where it could never be. Uh, Lemoyne. Okay, chapter 21, The Inner Picture, section 6, Reason and Perception. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. The laws of size and shape and brightness would hold, perhaps, if other things were equal. They are not equal. But what you look for, you are far more likely to discover than what you would prefer to overlook. The still, small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. Perception is a choice and not a fact. But on this choice depends far more than you may realize as yet. For on the voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your whole belief in what you are. Perception is a witness but to this and never to reality. Yet it can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible or those where it could never be. Reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of it needs your help because it is your choice. Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs to see directs you to see, and it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, and feelings of impermanence and unreality. You will believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your own control and far more powerful than you, and you will think the world you made directs your destiny. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. For this will be your face 
but never believe because it is your faith. It makes reality. Thank you, LeMoyne. And Freeman. 50. Reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of it needs your help because it is your choice. Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you see. And it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, and feelings of impermanence and unreality. You will believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your own control and far more powerful than you. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny, for this will be your faith. But never believe it is your faith it makes reality. Because, but never believe because it is your faith it makes reality. 51. There is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, you will perceive another self in you. This other self sees miracles as natural. They are as simple and natural to it as breathing to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for help, the only one it makes. Miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other nor could they do so. But not minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this, unless it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They always change your mind. There is no other. Thank you, Fran. And Devon. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Fran. There is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, you will perceive another self in you. This other self sees miracles as natural. They are as simple and natural to it as breathing to the body. They are the obvious response to calls for help, the only one it makes. Miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other, nor could they do so. But minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this, and thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They always change your mind. There is no other. You do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason. Reason lies in the other self that you have cut off from your awareness. And nothing you have allowed to stay in it is capable of reason. How can the segment of the mind, devoid of reason, understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give? All sorts of questions may arise in it, but if the basic question stems from reason, it will not ask it. Like all that stems from reason, the basic question is obvious, simple, and remains unasked. But think not 
reason could not answer it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Patricia. You do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason. Reason lies in the other self. The other self you have cut off from your awareness. And nothing you have allowed to stay in it is capable of reason. How can the segment of the mind devoid of reason understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give? All sorts of questions may arise in it, but if the basic question stems from reason, it will not ask it. Like all the like all that stems from reason, the basic question is obvious, simple, and remains unasked. But think not the reason could not answer it. Fifty three. God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. It must have been accepted by the Son of God. For what God wills for him, he must receive. For God wills not apart from him, nor does the will of God wait upon time to be accomplished. Therefore, what joined the will of God must be in you now. Must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. Such would your reason tell you if you listened. Yet such is clearly not the ego's reasoning. Its alien nature to the ego is proof you will not find the answer there. Yet if it must be so, it must exist. And if it exists for you, and has your freedom as the purpose given it, you must be free to find it. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And Jessica. Jessica. 
Thank you. 53. God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. It must have been accepted by the Son of God. For what God wills for him, he must receive. For God wills not apart from him, nor does the will of God wait upon time to be accomplished. Therefore, what joined the will of God must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. Such would your reason tell you if you listened. Yet such is clearly not the ego's so-called reasoning. Its alien nature to the ego is proof you will not find the answer there. Yet if it must be so, it must exist. And if it exists for you and has your freedom as the purpose given it, you must be free to find it. God's plan is simple, never circular and never self-defeating. He has no thoughts except the self-extending. And in this, your will must be included. Thus, there must be a part of you that knows his will and shares it. It is not meaningful to ask if what must be is so. But it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. For this must have an answer if the plan of God for your salvation is complete. And it must be complete. It must be complete because its source knows not of incompletion. Where would the answer be but in the source? And where are you but there where this same answer is? Your identity has much a true effect of this same source as is the answer must therefore be together and the same. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 54. God's plan is simple, never circular, and never self-defeating. He has no thoughts except the self-extending. And in this, your will must be included. Thus, there must be a part of you that knows his will and shares it. It is not meaningful to ask if what must be is so, but it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. For this must have an answer if the plan of God for your salvation is complete. And it must be complete because its source knows not of incompletion. Where would the answer be but in the source? And where are you but there where this 
same answer is. Your identity, as much a true effect of this same source as is the answer, must therefore be together and the same. 55. Oh, yes, you know this and more than this alone. Yet any part of knowledge threatens dissociation as much as all of it. And all of it will come with any part. Here is the part you can accept. What reason points to, you can see, because the witness on its behalf are clear. What reason points to, you can see, because the witnesses on its behalf are clear. Only the totally insane can disregard them, and you have gone past this. Reason is a means which serves the Holy Spirit's purpose in its own right. It is not reinterpreted and redirected from the goal of sin, as are the others. For reason is beyond the ego's range of means. Thank you, Karen. And Micah. Okay. Uh, 55. Oh, yes, you know this, and more than this alone, yet any part of knowledge threatens dissociation as much as all of it. (coughs) And all of it will come with any part. Here is the part you can accept. What reason points to you can see because the witnesses on its behalf are clear. Only the totally insane can disregard them and you have gone past this. Reason is a means which serves the Holy Spirit's purpose in its own right. It is not reinterpreted and redirected from the goal of sin as are the others for reason is beyond the ego's range of mean. 56. Faith and perception and belief can be misplaced and serve the great deceiver's needs as well as truth. But reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to fit its end. Faith and belief are strong in madness, guiding perception toward what the mind has valued. But reason enters not at all in this, for the perception would fall away at once if reason were applied. There is no reason in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. The ego never uses it because it does not realize that it exists. The partially insane have access to it, and only they have need of it. Knowledge does not depend on it, and madness keeps it out. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 56 and 57?
I could do that, Robin Marie. Thank, thank you, Robin Marie. <laughs> You're welcome. Faith and perception and belief can be misplaced and serves, serve the great deceiver's needs as well as truth. But reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to fit its end. Faith and belief are strong in madness, guiding perception toward what the mind has valued. But reason enters not at all in this, for the perception would fall away at once if reason were applied. There is no reason in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. The ego never uses it because it does not realize that it exists. The partially insane have access to it, and only they have need of it. Knowledge does not depend on it, and madness keeps it out. 57. The part of mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. Here was the Holy Spirit's purpose accepted and accomplished both at once. Reason is alien to insanity, and those who use it have gained a means which cannot be applied to sin. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind, but reason can serve to open doors you closed against it. Fifty-eight. Yeah. Am I going to fifty-eight? No. Yes, you are. Oh, okay. Well, let's see now. I. That was a very short paragraph, so I think I'm. I think it's someone else. (laughs) Yes, you're right, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And is there another new reader then for fifty-seven and fifty-eight? <clears throat> this is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. 57. The part of mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. Here was the Holy Spirit's purpose accepted and accomplished both at once. Reason is alien to insanity, and those who use it have gained a means which cannot be applied to sin. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind, but reason can serve to open doors you closed against it. 58. You have come very close to this, Faith and belief have shifted, and you have asked the question which the ego will never ask. Does not your reason tell you now? The question must have come from something that you do not know, but must belong to you. Faith and belief upheld by reason cannot fail, lead to changed perception. And in this change is room made, way, for vision. Vision extends beyond itself, as does the purpose which it serves and all the means 
for its accomplishment. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader then to finish with 58? Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. You have come very close to this. Well, let me reread the previous, end of the previous paragraph. Knowledge is far beyond attainment of any kind, but reason can serve to open doors you closed against it. You have come very close to this. Faith and belief have shifted, and you have asked the question which the ego will never ask. Does not your reason tell you now the question must have come from something that you do not know but must belong to you? Faith and belief, upheld by reason, cannot fail to lead to changed perception. And in this change is room made way for vision. Vision extends beyond itself, as does the purpose which it serves and all the means for its accomplishment. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, and so to summarize, from Chapter 1, the Inner Picture, Section 6, Reason and Perception from that first paragraph. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. The still small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. For on this voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your whole belief in what you are Perception is a witness, but to this and never to reality. Yet it can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible or those where it could never be. In 50, reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of it needs your help because it is your choice. In 51, there is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies waiting but your choice and if you place your faith in them you will perceive another capital self in you as regards this capital self minds cannot be separate this other capital self is perfectly aware of this and thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind but only its own they always change your mind there is no other. In 52, reason lies in the other capital self you have cut off from your awareness. In 53, God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. Therefore, which, what joins the will of God must be in you now, being eternal. You must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. He must have been there since the need for him arose and was fulfilled in the same instant. 
in 54. God has no thoughts, capital T thoughts, except the capital self extending. And in this, your will must be included. It is not meaningful to ask if what must be is so, but it is meaningful to ask why are you unaware of what is so. And in that same paragraph, your capital identity as much a true effect of this same capital source as is the answer must therefore be together and the same. In 55, reason is a means which serves the Holy Spirit's purpose in its own right. In 56, reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to fit its end. There is no reason in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. In 57, the part of the mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. And finally, in 58, faith and belief upheld by reason cannot fail to lead to changed perception. And in this change is room made way for vision. Vision extends beyond itself, as does the purpose which it serves and all the means for its accomplishment. And amen. Force open. Lorely. Lori, I had a question that is totally unrelated to this, but I've been missing Lee. Is he on vacation or something? Oh, yeah. Lee is um, Lee is currently um, touring with a very dear friend of his and has stepped away from the call for a time um, because after that he's going to be uh, working on a book with a dear friend. Oh. Oh, he'll, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back at intervals, I'm sure. Uh, but for now, he's he's traveling. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lori. This is Ida. Um, well, I was impressed by one. Um, sentence in the summary that you read from the beginning of 57. The part of mind where reason lies was dedicated by your will in union with your fathers to the undoing of insanity. That's really good because at some of my lesser moments I thought that all of my mind was dedicated to insanity but to know that that reason is there, and it was dedicated um, by my will and union with God's to the undoing of insanity is a very helpful and hopeful thing. And to know that the Holy Spirit's purpose accepted and accomplished both at once, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like that, is also very helpful and hopeful. Because it reminds me once again that the real eternal reality is beyond time. 
beyond time and space. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. I look, this is Karen. Um, I just love the first paragraph so much. Perception selects and makes the world you see. It picks out what the mind directs. And what you look for, you are for, far more likely to discover. Perception is a choice, not a fact. And the choice depends on whose voice you hear. And perception is a witness to this. And no matter how many times I read this in the course, um, I, can't, I can't help but just feel blown away and give thanks that truth is undoing the insanity of my mind, teaching me to understand what I want to see, I look for, and what I choose to see is up to me to see love to see a call call for love or to see a world full of hate and violence and disruption and chaos and fear and suffering so anyway it just it's just uh makes me feel like um sending that paragraph to everyone i know who's in pain. Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Thanks for pointing that out. I love that paragraph too. Thank you. Yeah, as you were um, speaking, Karen, I was reminded that All the first 33 lessons in this book, all of them, lessons 1 through 33, are um, designed specifically to help us separate my real mind from what I think I see. Um, That's pretty incredible. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for holding this space for this call, too. It's uh, such a gift. Yes, it is. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Karen. Well, thanks, Guy. Guys, and I should have have said when I answered you, uh, Robin Marie, that uh, Lemoyne has stepped in to be um, co-facilitator every morning so um, I'm sure grateful for his for his holding up the space with me too I'm complete thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you
you should hear more from me tomorrow. <laughs> I try to maintain the make this list and ask people to read. Oh, I look forward to that. Me too. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne, for that. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, I'm very grateful because you're very clear in, in the way you uh, read and the way you present and express. So uh, you're going to be a beautiful, beautiful co-facilitator. <laughs> thank you. I'm complete. Oh, sweet, Yvonne. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that was sweet. Thanks, guys. That was. Hi, good morning. I'm really, this is Lana. I just was able to come on the call, and I sure appreciate you stepping up, uh, Lemoyne. I I think it will be a gift to all of us. Thank you. And a perfect compliment to our adorable Lori. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. Hey, let's take a pause, shall we? And um, and appreciate Fran together as she's offered to lead us in our reflection this morning and our new topic, what is the world? So we'll turn it over to you, Fran. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we have a new theme. What is the world? And today's lesson is Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. So I'll read some from What is the World? The first line is powerful. (laughs) The world is false perception. It is born of error and has not left its source. It will remain no longer than the thought which gave it birth is cherished. When the thought of separation has been changed to one of true forgiveness, will the world be seen in quite another light, and one which leads to truth, where all the world must disappear and all its errors vanish. The world was made as an attack on God. It symbolizes fear. And what is fear except love's absence? Thus the world was meant to be a place where God could enter not and where his son could be apart from him. Here was perception born, for knowledge could not cause such insane thoughts. The mechanisms of illusions have been born instead. Their aim is to fulfill the purpose which the world was made to witness and make real. As sight was made to lead away from truth, it can be redirected. Sounds become the call of God. Hear his voice alone in all that speaks to you. And let him give you peace and certainty, which you have thrown away, but heaven has preserved for you in him. Let us not rest content until the world has joined our changed perception. Let us not be satisfied until forgiveness has been made complete. And let us not attempt to change our function. We must save the world. For we who made it must behold it through the eyes of Christ, that what was made to die be restored 
to everlasting life. And now we'll do the lesson. Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation now. What joy there is today. It is a time of special celebration. For today holds out the instant to the darkened world where its release is set. The day has come when sorrows pass away and pain is gone. The glory of salvation dawns today upon the world set free. This is the time of hope for countless millions. They will be united now as you forgive them all, for I will be forgiven by you today. We have forgiven one another now, and so we come at last to you again, Father. Your Son, who never left, returns to heaven and his home. How glad are we to have our sanity restored to us and to remember that we all are one. Take a moment, reflect on this. Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. What joy there is today. It is a time of special celebration. Lesson 241. This holy instant is salvation come. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was so nice. Thank you, Fran. Just beautiful, Fran. Thank you. Well done. Oh, thank you guys. This is Fran. I love how he tells us that this is the time of hope for countless millions. They will be united now as you forgive them all. For I will be forgiven by you today. Beautiful and complete. Oh, thank you, Fran.
Uh, this is Micah. I, uh, this part here in What is the World in paragraph 4. Uh, let's see. And all perception can be given a new purpose by the one whom God appointed Savior to the world. Follow his light and see the world as he beholds it. Um, and the uh, it reminded me of, of a couple days ago, and it stuck with me, really, in a beautiful way. I, I love it when some ideas that Jesus presents do that. You know, they, they just blossom and hold us for well, quite a while, and hopefully it will never fade. But what came, what I was reading was a passage about how the Holy Spirit sees one purpose in the world and and he and uh and his vision never does not fluctuate because he that's all he sees is one purpose and our vision fluctuates so much our perception fluctuates so much because we see different purposes at different times and we in our in our interpretations are so fluctuating and our vision of what we're looking at, our interpretation of it, is fluctuating. And so I'm, I was sitting out at a restaurant um, there by the harbor, and, and, you know, it was alive with people and at tables and the, the uh, seals and the seagulls and, the, you know, all the life of the fishing boats and stuff. And the... Uh, uh, and I realized that my lens of perception, I could watch my my interpretations um, fluctuating quite a bit. But then when I started to look at what it is, how the Holy Spirit was looking at the same scene, and he, and his, the one purpose that the Holy Spirit sees is this awakening back to God, that all is in wholeness and oneness in, in relationship to God. And... Uh, and I started to look on the scene, and I was amazed at the transformation. You know, instead of, I had, you know, very subtle, you know, almost subconscious or, or very uh, hardly on the radar at all, the, the, you know, how the uh, our lens of perception were kind of interpreting people all the time, you know, their their limitations and their little bit of their faults and, you know, their pains and sorrows, and and but with from the Holy Spirit's perception, when I went into that lens and looked on the same scene, uh, or when I was lifted into it, the um, it was everybody was perfect right where they were because everybody was returning to God. Everything was so harmonious. Everything had one purpose. And it, and it was all, it was not any way my ego normally interprets this world. And it was very uh, beautiful and very peaceful. And uh, so that, uh, so I'll just read that again. And all perception can be given a new purpose by the one whom God appointed Savior to the world. Follow his light and see the world as he beholds it. Hear his voice alone in all that speaks to you. 
And let him give you peace and certainty which you have thrown away, but heaven has preserved for you in him. Uh, Let us not rest content until the world has joined our changed perception. And let us not be satisfied until forgiveness has been made complete. And that forgiveness was almost, it it was uh, in the Holy Spirit's vision of what's going on here, everything is moving to God. And, and, uh, you know, they may have, you know, a lot of challenges ahead, you know, that they're moving through, but everything is beautiful and loving. And, um, okay. Anyway, I, I think I'm done on that part. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Micah. Oh, thank you, Micah. We're together very beautifully. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, yes, thank you, Micah. That was just beautiful. You're welcome, Lana. Hi, it's Lana. Um, once, um, you know, as I was reading the um, text reading, I actually read it last night, and in the lesson this morning, it's um, when he talks about this holy instant in the lesson. I it always brings, <clears throat> excuse me, it always brings my mind back to that holy instant when I I just notice that my thinking mind has gone awry, <laughs> you know, and I'm noticing these crazy thoughts, and <clears throat> when I bring it back to that present moment and notice that I can just say stop, and it brings me to a point of neutrality where I make that choice, you know, am I going to engage in those thoughts, or am I going to point my mind in a different direction, and, and whether I say returning my mind and uniting with Jesus or Holy Spirit or my right-mindedness or God. or God, It's all pointing to the same thing, the one whole truth. Any one of those symbols uh, represent me abandoning um, uh, my erroneous perceptions and uh, uniting with the truth. And I always like to say it's uniting with love. You know, when I unite with love, anything unlike love seems to fade away from my awareness because my mind, my awareness is now fixed and focused with God in this present moment, in this holy instant. And that's, my, that's just what my job is. That's is to bring my mind to that point where, um, which expresses my willingness to see differently. And um, and the truth or love will just pick up the ball from there and undo what I've made. And as I rest there in that um, present moment with God uh, and love, um, I can feel that release happen experientially. I can sense it. You know, that fear isn't so strong now. That pain isn't so severe now. I feel it lessening because I'm not engaging it and and the undoing happens 
by itself. It's done, like Jesus tells us often in the Course, it's done for me, not by me. I just have to be safe, present with God and allow it to happen. And um, it's it's something be, uh, that becomes very reliable and dependable because it always validates itself whenever I do it. Um, so uh, it's just both the reading and the lesson were just very strong reminders to me that what my eyes are telling me, what my feelings are showing me, doesn't necessarily represent fact and truth. It just represents uh, my perception of it. And, um, and, you know, and the one guidepost is asking myself, you know, is this peaceful? Do I like what I have made, as Jesus says? And um, love is the remedy always. And I can only find that by bringing my awareness to it um, right here, right now. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Oh, thank you, Lana. That was yeah, very thank good. you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. That was so good. Thank you. Very practical. Yes, thank you. The course is very practical not and simple, but not always easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got it. This is Fran. I love um, that last paragraph. I'm going to just read that one line again. Or two lines. No, one line. Faith and belief upheld by reason cannot fail to lead to change perception. Boy, I know that experience in my life. And in this change is room made way for vision. Vision extends beyond itself as does the purpose which it serves and all the means for its accomplishment. I love that. It's so so um, inspiring and uplifting and complete. Oh, thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, Fran. Boy, that is a powerful sentence. Yeah, thank you, Fran. I like that paragraph too, Fran. Um, Especially, you know, in our earlier reading in this chapter, chapter 21, he outlined that uh, there's a choice. There's always a choice. And the choice of purpose that I accept uh, can fall to one side or the other, either sin or holiness. 
doesn't that just um, bring a bell with uh, my choice is the ego thought system or the truth? Truth is holiness. And last week we were reading about faith, belief, and vision being the means the Holy Spirit uses for heaven, for my awareness of heaven. Faith, belief, and vision. In this reading, he's asking us to contrast faith, belief, and perception. So now I can see that my choice is perception, picking out of the field um, what it is I want to see, or vision, which is truth. And the means to get there in this section, he's calling reason. And so, um, so I wanted to do a deep dive into what is reason. What is reason? And that's the, the feature of this entire section, what is reason? And the first thing I thought of um, when I thought of reason is this. I used to read the table of contents to the lessons and just picking out lessons, let my mind be bathed in, in these lessons. And the first thing I noticed when I did that was a question. And the question was, what must I be that truth resonates with me? What must I be that truth resonates with me? That's a really worthy question. It's the question the ego can never ask. He says, what must I be that truth resonates with me? That's in the compartment of my mind that knows reason. He says, what must I be that truth resonates with me? And he's asking us to uh, draw a contrast in this reading, what must I be that truth resonates with me? Another thing I noticed in my deep dive on what is reason, um, it's from chapter five, way back in chapter five. Let's see if I can find it. I, I opened it so I could see it. And it's this. He says, the Holy Spirit is the only part of the Holy Trinity which is symbolic. He's referred to in the Bible as the healer, the comforter, and the guide. He's also described as something separate, apart from the Father and from the Son. I myself said, I will send you another comforter and he will abide with you. Holy Spirit is a difficult concept to grasp precisely because it is symbolic. As a man, and as one of God's creations, my right thinking reason, which came from the universal inspiration, which is the Holy Spirit, taught me first and foremost that inspiration is for all. I could not have it myself without knowing this. The word no is proper in this context because the Holy Spirit, Holy inspiration is so close to knowledge that it calls it forth or better 
allows it to come. We've spoken before of the higher or the true perception, which is so close to truth that God himself can flow across the little gap. And knowledge is always ready to flow everywhere, but it cannot oppose. Therefore, you can obstruct it, although you can never lose it. Reason. I could never lose that. The Holy Spirit is the Christ mind. The Holy Spirit is the Christ mind, which senses the knowledge, senses the knowledge that lies beyond perception. That's reason, okay? Senses the knowledge that lies beyond perception. It came into being with the separation as a protection, inspiring the beginning of the atonement at the same time. So the Holy Spirit is the Christ mind. I could never lose it. And it senses the knowledge that lies beyond perception. That's my reason compartment. The thing I could never lose. And now, now, it makes sense to me how he says in paragraph 50, reality is your choice. Reality is your choice. If I ask reason, if I ask reason to tell me what is the truth of this, reason is so ready to respond because it senses the knowledge that lies beyond perception. And it will tell me. It will tell me what is the truth of this. Then in paragraph 52, reason, which is the Christ mind, my right mind, is kept in my capital self. That's also me. That's my identity, my capital identity. The ego can keep it from my awareness. And what is that? Well, we're getting to it in paragraph 55. The ego can keep it from my awareness. He calls that dissociation. I've dissociated myself. I've denied the truth of myself. And that's the ego. I've dissociated myself from the truth, but I could not lose it. That's my reason, my right mind. So in 55, doesn't it just get perfect? God has no thoughts except the self-extending. And in this, your will must be included, my capitalist self. Thus there must be a part of you that knows his will, senses the knowledge beyond perception knows his will and shares it. It's not meaningful to ask if it must be so. He says it is, but it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. And that's where um, I will just say the little phrase, I don't know, has become so automatic in my thinking. When anything arises in my awareness that makes me uncomfortable, that calls for a negative response, that causes me to retract, pull in, protect myself, be safe, or withdraw from, when anything threatens my peace, that little question, I don't know, is my doorway to reason. It opens that compartment in my mind, my right mind, my Christ mind, can step right in and flow across whatever it was that caused, caused me to feel that contraction, 
that pulling away, that withdrawal. And so um, I want to keep this a little briefer, so I will just say my word for the day is redeem. And what is redeem but to redeem my erroneous perception and allow truth to be restored to my mind. A good dictionary definition of redeem is repossess. I can repossess the knowledge of love that I threw away when I chose to um, use judgment as my guide, when I chose to use the ego as my guide, when I chose to see separation from the truth. Um, reason will always redeem my perception and allow me to repossess the truth that I could never lose. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Oh, thank was... you, Lori. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that oh, was thank great, you, Lori. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. I just love that. Thank you. Reason. Wow. Thank you. I love that so much. This is Patricia. And reading this again, it's so wonderful when there are new little kind of finer tuned ways to to live this. And the part that was so beautiful and getting stronger as I hear your sharing is the knowledge uh, connected to anything. <laughs> Uh, where that goes with me now, perception and knowledge, um, how they're really kind of like a full-time, um, what is that, at the in New York um, the board that goes running. Anyway, it's just like a full-time cartoon going. It, it feels that way uh, with um, this... Uh, being the eternal one who's um, uh, not the body and perceiving the perception when it connects it to any sense of knowing of what I'm looking at. It's just always this uh, running cartoon. And as I realize the difference here, when reason comes in, you know what I do? I use the term reverse engineering. Anytime I want to grab one of the scenes or look at my eye, where would I put myself in this restaurant right now? Or where would I, I look at, how would I see this actually um, from this eternal view? Um, how could I see it? It's always a reverse engineer because I, it starts with not knowledge of knowing anything. It starts with not knowing anything and asking, now if I reverse engineer this, what in here feels eternal at the moment? And it could even be something as simple, well, the light in the room. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's on multiple dimensions. It's eternal, isn't it? Yeah, it's even where behind the counter, the light's everywhere. Oh, that's fun. Okay, now what else is eternal? So I don't take anything I see physically, anything more than that running cartoon. And if I want to have more understanding of this, Christ's mind and something I feel connected to personally on that level, if I can say it that way, intimately maybe, less distant, is I reverse engineer and it always starts with not a drop of knowledge, but just the wonder of, okay, what is eternal? Well, there's excitement and movement. And anyway, it just, I shouldn't go on anymore, but what it does is it creates constant miracles. And I giggle a lot with the secrets of what I get to see, reverse engineering things. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia. Yes, wonderful. I love that emphasis on content rather than form. Thank you for that. Good morning again. Um, I came across, as I was doing my meditative writing this morning, um, I came upon this quote that really explained, Jesus explained so perfectly as he always does, the need to um, direct my mind towards the truth, to bring my awareness there. because it's a powerful, powerful state of awareness. Um, He says in this quote, and this is from chapter 8, when you unite with me, you are uniting without the ego because I have renounced the ego in myself and therefore cannot unite with yours. Our union is therefore the way to renounce the ego in you. The truth in both of us is beyond the ego. Our success in transcending the ego is guaranteed by God. And I share this confidence for both of us and all of us. I bring God's peace back 
to all his children because I received it of him for all for us all. Nothing can prevail against our united wills because nothing can prevail against God's. It's that joining, you know, and whether I call it Jesus, like I said before, or Holy Spirit or right-mindedness or God or love, when I bring my mind or point my awareness there and unite with that um, uh, identity, when I point it there, the remembrance comes that I'm one with it. And when I'm in that unity with it, you know, then anything that's unlike love will just fall away and disappear um, and be healed. You know, it's, it's, um, it's such a beautiful process, such a perfect process, you know. And, and <clears throat> for me, it reminds me of why Jesus was always called the Savior of the world, not because of who Jesus was in form, but because what he brought to the one, what he brought into, excuse me, I'm sorry, lose my voice this morning, what he brought to our awareness, it was always there, but if I'm not aware of it being there, I can't utilize its miraculous power. So in that regard, he was the savior of the world when he brought that, what he referred to as the Holy Spirit down, when that descended into our minds. Um, it made me aware that there was another choice that was planted in my mind. And, um, and you know, I just am overwhelmed with gratitude when I think of uh, the gift of his giving um, accomplished for the atonement. Um, so anyhow, thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Thank that was you. Beautiful. Thank you, Lana. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. This is Lemoyne. Um, <laughs> yeah, that first paragraph, <laughs> as, the, as the kids say, right, dropping some knowledge there. <laughs> um, it's great. Um, I've drawn to, uh, I was drawn towards the end here where he says it's not meaningful to ask if what must be is so. Um, and what must be in this case is not some imposition onto what already is. This must be is that it, all, it must be there because it already is. And it's joined, looking at 53, <clears throat> What joined in what joined the will of God must be in you now being eternal. The eternal nature of being <coughs> is inherent in in our being. And so 
this, uh, in a real sense, I see that in 54, this is like, this is one of those places where it's a course, you could, you could just get this and, and get the intent of the course, which, where he says, our identity, big I identity, is as much a true effect of the same source as is the answer. And this is the answer to <laughs> to all difficulty, right? And it must be there, must therefore be together and the same <clears throat> as the source and the answer. And so... You know, the answer to all problems is then within and doing what we can to tap tap the knowledge, which is, you know, being capital K knowledge, capital K truth, they always exist. And if there are that eternal knowledge and truth, they exist everywhere and they are built in you know so uh, one thing that I saw as a correction to the way I approach things sometimes but it is meaningful to ask why in also in 54 it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so or this must have an answer <clears throat> if the plan of God for your salvation is complete, and uh, I, I don't know, I don't know, I want to make a gray zone or a fine line. I think there is this has to do with that, with the question of what is it for, because it's I'm not right now anyway. Right now, seeing the difference. There is a difference between asking why I am unaware of peace and the questions that call for the witnesses of the ego, which um, which are, are the same kind of thing. I mean, the initial answer to why I'm unaware of what is so is because I'm doing something else. You know, I got this other thing there, a judgment. And perhaps this is why I'm in a little confusion around this is because, you know, I'm focusing on the the form, you know, or, or supplying the intent to a question that somebody might be asking that is actually an honest question. Why don't I just see this? You know. But you know, one thing this says to me is, is this reinforces the point. You don't really have to go back into the past to find what went wrong. And why I'm unaware of it now is something I'm holding in my perception that blocks the view of unity peace and I value more than peace some judgment like 
that's the question of the ego. So, um, you know, that is, it is, I need to remember, it is meaningful to ask what's going on here, that I can't see what is true in the sense, in the eternal sense. And, uh, and that, again, the answer to that <clears throat> and where that lies is not outside myself, but it's between me and the source, which is the source of my identity. It is my identity come from the same source as the answer. So, yeah, that kind of answered my own question. And why that might be useful to somebody else is that this is all it's all an inside job <clears throat> there. Oh, that was really nice, Lemoyne. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah that was Thank great. you. Thank you, Lemoyne. I love that inside job. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. good. Thank you. Oh, Lemoyne. Thank you. This is Patricia, and you call up this really big one because it's this emotional field of of uh, this chapter of saying you can use reason, honey. Go ahead and ask the question, and I'll be shaky when I'm when I'm feeling that. Why is it I can't see anything right now? You know, what what is, what am I doing? Why is this? And it's always please. You know why. I'm so glad you asked, honey. You're afraid to see the love. You're just afraid right now. And it's such a tender, loving answer. It's always the same. And it just wraps me up and holds me for a while. And it helps me remember that silence is where you go when you don't know. But to be able to ask the question because the answer is immediate oh my dear you're just afraid right now it's okay you'll you'll feel the love in a little way just no it's okay it's always one and only one answer that I'm afraid to see it just that moment and then I'm held lovely thing you brought up so emotional to be able to ask what, ask and hear the reason straight from God every time we ask. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Patricia. That was very beautiful and tender. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes, thank, thank you, Patricia. Well, thank you, Lemoyne. Good morning, everybody. It's Judy. I just just dropped in, and um, I just love that, what you shared, Lemoyne, that that clarity, that peace and joy and light and happiness are inherent in who we are. And if I'm not, on whose behalf um, is this problem? Am I host to my ego today, or am I... Um, am I host to God today, or am I hostage to my, my baloney grinding, problem-making... Disturbance causing ego. So very clear. Thanks, Lemoyne. 
Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Good to hear you. I've always loved that. I've always loved that question, what is it for, you know? Who is this problem? Um, you know, and whose behalf is this disturbance, you know? It's like the imaginary me who thinks I'm in charge of the universe, right? <laughs> I'm going to criticize and complain and um, destroy my own peace. Oh, just lovely. So glad you guys are here. Thank you, Lori Lemoyne and everyone. God bless you. Thanks, Judy. So glad you're here. This is Micah. I was looking at this part here. Kept uh, is very strong for me in the, with the text in paragraph fifty-two. You do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason, and that tied in beautifully with the passage above, where. Um, Jesus is saying, but minds cannot be separate. This other self is perfectly aware of this, and thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, but only its own. They always change your mind. There is no other. And it's, uh, boy, what a statement about oneness right there. It's, and then, um, it, it, that created through the morning that that passage there created the um, kind of the cleanest shifts for me was to to be looking at the presence of mind when I when my lens of awareness turns in the direction of mind uh, every everything takes on a whole different perspective. And I came across this quote here that um, faith unites you in the holiness you see, not through the body's eyes, but in the sight of him who joined you and in whom you are united. In him who you are united. And that ties into that mention of the Holy Spirit in the paragraph uh, what is that, 53? Uh, you must have set aside a place in which the Holy Spirit can abide and where he is. Our connection to Holy Spirit, uh, my connection to Holy Spirit is just becoming clearer and clearer. And it it's a field in which this separated self, the mica, can, can become more and more transparent. The Holy Spirit's doing everything. Uh, It's astounding how little I need to do. We came across that the other day. 
in our reading. Um, but uh, anyway, this quote here, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. Um, Grace is not given to a body, but to a mind. And the mind that receives it looks instantly beyond the body and sees the holy place where it was healed. There is the altar where the grace was given, in which it stands. Do you then offer grace and blessing to your brother? For you stand at the same altar where grace was laid for both of you. And be you healed by grace together, that you may heal through faith. And when I read that part, I, I felt our connection as mind. Uh, do you then offer grace and blessing to your brother? For you stand at the same altar where grace was laid for both of you. And we are in that mind, and uh, together. And um, anyway, I think that's that's about all I need to say right there. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Micah. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Beautiful. Thank you, Micah. Blessing. That word blessing will always turn the eye. That's for sure. And you pointed exactly to where I wanted to close the lesson today, or close the text call. Surprisingly, <laughs> and surprisingly, uh, it's contained right there, way back in lesson 200. Remember lesson 200, there is no peace except the peace of God. And in that lesson, paragraph four, he says, come home, come home. Mm. You have not found your happiness in foreign places and in alien forms which have no meaning to you, though you sought to make them meaningful. That's perception. This world of false perception is not where you belong. You are a stranger here. But it is given you to find the means whereby the world no longer seems to be a prison house for you or anyone. Freedom is given you where you beheld but chains and iron doors for you must change your mind about the purpose of the world if you would find escape. You will be bound till all the world is seen by you as blessed and everyone made free of your mistakes and honored as he is you made him not no more yourself and as you free the one the other is accepted as he is isn't that just perfect see Beautiful. all the world is blessed yeah that, that was great thank you thank yeah, you everyone thank you. Oh. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Oh, thank, thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Lori.